Hello, and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where two comic fans and two non-comic fans talk about controversial and noteworthy comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. And we I didn't make it. am a liar. <laughs> yes. So last time on a special episode. Last time on Divisive Issues. This is why I said it doesn't matter. Like, no matter no, what Ryan insisted. Ryan fucking insisted on this. He said, we're good for it, man. And now thanks to him, she's going to come and break our kneecaps. John Reed's going to fucking put, make a seat with the fishies. We're fucked. We're fucked. So, Phil, season. last episode, Ryan was like, we did record Ultimates. It's there. It's sitting there. We have it ready. Just, like, just wait another two weeks. And no. <laughs> no. It turned out that uh, when Phil moved, moved away... He forgot his fucking audio. No, he didn't forget it. He actually deleted it. I didn't forget it. I deleted it. He was like, deleted. I'm done. He deleted it before he left just to fuck with us. Uh, make it extra uh, us. So, so some of some of my friends said that we should make Phil listen to the three of us and fill in the gaps. I actually <laughs> was willing to do that. When I realized what I'd done, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'll just ad lib. No. I'll, I'll just listen. As someone whose audio got ruined in one like <laughs> at one section, what happens is everyone's silent, and then they go, "Yeah, good point." And you're like, "What did I say?" <laughs> <laughs> also, that I try that too. It's it's after five seconds, you're like, "I can't do this." Um, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to have to re-record it. So we're going to go over some stuff. We talk. We're going to say we talked about. We're going to try to remember what we said before. Yeah, our points. Uh, we will fail probably because that's what we do on the show. We fail. Uh, but fail, uh, fail. Yes, and we're going to talk about Ole Miss 2. We're going to act like it's the first time, but it's not. We're going to lie to you again, because that's what we do on the show, too. We lie. Oh, uh, also, I just to tell everyone, just in case this happens again, I am recording the Skype call, and Skype gave me a warning for legal reasons. Tell everyone they're being recorded on the call. <laughs> oh, thank so- God. I'm, hold on. I'm calling my lawyer real quick. I just gotta- so uh, even though we're all talking into microphones... <laughs> Yeah, but not the NSA doesn't have to tell me. Speaking of the Bush years, <laughs> beautiful, right? That works. So yeah, we're talking Ultimates Two by Mark Millar and Brian Hitch, the sequel to last year's oh, yeah, yeah. annual extravaganza. And speaking of, of of the Bush years, we should really sum up Ultimates One. Uh, all the Marvel heroes are assholes. Yes, they're all Mark Millarized. Uh, Cap is like yeah, Hulk uh, horny. Hulk is Cap's horny. Cap's an asshole. Cap's like a nineteen uh, forties like sexist asshole yep hank pym assaulted his wife yeah doors a hippie iron man's he's dying of cancer yeah the worst asshole of all a hippie (laughs) (laughs) uh black widow is not much of a character because not much of a character skull which is not much of a character hawkeye's not much of a character now we're getting to it yes all right so we remember from the first time that they made that team called the ultimates the what will later be the avengers in the movies really and the book opens up with captain america dropping into iraq iraq is like yeah, why would he do that? I thought the Ultimates were only <laughs> supposed to be used domestically. But basically, the, America starts using the Ultimates not domestically, which would obviously happen in real life. And one, uh, like, lore note, like, meta in a meta sense, this was, like, the summer blockbuster. So this was a year after Ultimates 1 had been published. Yes. And the whole, the book itself jumps a year ahead. So it's, like, real time. Yeah, and it's called <laughs> Ultimates 2 to simulate the movie. Uh, kind of feel like oh movie event uh, Ultimates two sequel which I really like that it it is a direct sequel to Ultimates one like all the events in Ultimates one are important for what happens in Ultimates two because when yes. I sat down to read this I thought it was just going to be like a new like oh here's them being assholes in a different way and like Hulk would be out of prison because he was you, arrested you, at the end of it but now are, he's you, back in prison you were really gonna so hit it's like, okay you were really gonna hit you were really gonna hit <laughs> 
Never mind. What? Never mind. I'm trying to see <laughs> You are really going to hate Ultimate Story. Yeah. What, what <laughs> was he saying? Can you hear me? What's he I, saying? I, I yeah, yeah, we hear you. It's just you guys kept talking at the same time like six times in a row. I thought Dan was going to take a break, but he just keeps talking. He just pauses and keeps talking. I'm like, okay, never mind. Yeah, no, because this is the exact same creative team, it's very much like one whole long story where after this, Millar and Hitch leave the Ultimates franchise and new people come in and it doesn't have that feel anymore. So uh, Captain America is just kicking the shit out of people in Iraq. And this I definitely brought up last time where yeah. he's bust, bust into this, like, I guess, insurgent compound. And there's like 30 guys with guns literally out on his chest, his back, his shoulders. And I'm just like... He can be shot, right? He can die from bullets. <laughs> yes, like because yeah. he, he he doesn't care. He's just like, listen up, scumbags. You know who I am, and you know what I do. Surrender those weapons. You might just might live to tell your little grandchildren about this episode. And I'm like, I think he would lose this fight. And, like I think. Yeah, and this so. is and this is consistent throughout the story too. Uh, a character have a gun pointed at his face, and he's just like, hey, uh, not uh, this is too easy, kid. But uh, when yeah, when in reality, if if he if he said anything besides I surrender, they'll shoot you in the face and you're dead. Uh, but my rationale for this is like don't, like um. Since it is like going for I'm um, a movie, I I've, I personally view this like as an Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of like kind of dumbish action blockbuster where characters mm-hmm. act like badasses all the time, and you kind of have to suspend your belief on that. A bit. Yeah, the in yeah. like universe explanation is that they're so like intimidating that everyone like Captain yeah. America just stares at these guys and shows them drop their guns and he's like clever boys. So it's like I guess he would be so yeah. intimidating to fight that everyone would just be like, yeah. I'm done being a terrorist. Yeah, I don't see it as realistic so. as this would be if this was a live-action movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that's true. Because it happens immediately, like, in, like five panels later, he's walking with uh, the Wasp, who is his girlfriend now, mm-hmm. uh, the Wasp who was beaten by Ant-Man in the first Ultimates, mm-hmm. um, and she and Cap are dating now, and they kind of have, like, throughout this whole series, like, this kind of, like, strained relationship where he's stuck in the past. He's like, I don't, all my friends are dead or old. All these movies today are, like, scampy women and, and cursing and violence. Yeah, I like and, that she brings up that, that he was, like, just smashing people's heads in and being violent. And it's like, really? And women showing too much, like, cleavage is what gets to you? I really like that because yeah. that's the, it's, it's always a funny thing about how, like, people from the 40s were, like, you know, more, like, traditional. When they fought yeah. in World War II, World War II, they, like, had, like, saw people die from mustard gas bombs and shit like that. Yeah. So it's like kind of yeah, yeah. like they, they grow up. Their lives are filled with violence. Yeah. And the other thing that frames this, aside from just Captain America, is we also have a scene where Tony Stark, Iron Man, is on the news with Larry King, and like he's being interviewed, and he talks about how like Thor is like maybe crazy and is having visions, and like they're definitely not part of the American military. They mm-hmm. were just there to save hostages, and they are not acting on behalf of the American military. And like I can't stress this enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a humanitarian yeah. mission, and then Larry. What was it? Larry King. Larry King, yeah. yeah. I was like, Larry David? He can't, <laughs> Phil can't keep all these comic book characters straight. <laughs> I actually now, at this point, know my comic characters way better than my late night talk show host. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, I don't fucking but, watch late night TV either. Yeah. It is interesting how, uh, you know, they keep saying, yeah, we're humanitarian. We're not being used for these, you know, foreign policy moves. All I want to do is, you know, be Iron Man and get drunk and bang ladies. Um, <laughs> that I mean, that's like explicitly what he says. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just for the political context, this is like 2004, 2005. So mm-hmm. like you know, this like critique of the Bush policies are like this is very much 
of the time for sure. Hey, just to add on to Ryan's point about the dialogue, uh, when we say like this character is like, I want to fuck bitches, and usually since it's Mark Millar, that they literally are saying that this is not our exaggeration, like in most of our episodes. Yeah, well, this <laughs> is like a Marvel thing of it, so it's like it's all bleeped out, and they, they don't get like too aggressive. I built the Iron yeah. Man suit so I could hopefully meet some cheeky little honeys at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, it's it's pretty much there. <laughs> uh, also, what I was saying before about uh, him and the Wa- Captain America and the Wasp walking around, they get mugged immediately as soon as they're walking in the middle of. Uh, New York City, I guess. Broad daylight. And guy pulls out a gun in the middle of, and they just go like, like Sly said, like heh. Like they laugh at each other while they have a gun. It's right at their head. fucking head. Like it's it's, a, it's, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's like execution style right now, and he's just like heh. <laughs> I remember I was talking. It's like, would he be like fast enough to like stop? Like, no, 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 he wouldn't be. Like, even if he was, even if he theoretically could be, like, he wouldn't be that confident about. It. That's what I was like. That's what I was gonna say. Is like, yeah, theoretically, you can disarm someone who has a gun if you're quick and they're. You just gotta get wrist time. control. But, <laughs> but like, he has to really be on his game. Like, he has to assume I'm not zero percent chance I get shot in the head here. And what's What's funny is we just saw this exact scene in the Miss Marvel Civil War tie-in that we did a couple episodes ago, but the difference is Carol Danvers and Wonder Man have, like, a lot of powers and are yeah. pretty much bulletproof. Yep. It makes more sense for them to be smirky and smarmy yeah, about the this. The Wasp and Captain America, both of them can die with one bullet. <laughs> and also, one of the running jokes in this comic is both the Wasp and Ant-Man are useless, so... Yeah. 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 Uh, so, we speaking of Ant-Man, um, we later get to where the Hulk is being held. Bruce Banner is um in prison. In prison and if you remember, um, unlike the Shield aircraft. Yeah. In, in in Ultimates One he like went crazy and destroyed Manhattan and nobody knows that that was Bruce Banner. So mm-hmm. they locked him up and kept it all like hush hush. Mm-hmm. And now he's on this like regimen basically where he's on drugs. Professor X uses like psychotherapy but like psychic therapy, I guess not psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Psychic psychotherapy. And then Ant-Man, Hank Pym, goes to see him. Oh, yeah, and uh, Hank Pym was just Giant-Man last time. Now he's trying to rebrand himself as Ant-Man to try to uh, be like, I'm not a Giant-Man, I'm a wife beater, I'm Ant-Man now. It's completely different. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Ant-Man, you know, he shrinks, talks to ants. Yeah. And that's what he does. He he, he just gets in some, well, he gets in some, like, bees here, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and just like, <laughs> you know, because Mark Millar hates Ant-Man, the joke here is that Ant-Man just fucking sucks. Uh, yeah, because he, he asks the Hulk, do you think Ant-Man sounds retarded? Really yeah. good Millar and then, dialogue Yeah, good, good dialogue. This is also, I just realized him turning into an ant is this. The whole Ant Man arc is played for one joke, and that's it. Like him being small doesn't account for anything. Yeah, like, the rest it, of the series, yeah. there's no plot relevance. There's no plot relevance whatsoever. Even though the entirety of Hank Pym's character in Ultimates One was he became Giant Man because he was insecure and felt small all the time. So yeah. now that he's actually making himself small, all that like psychosis. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. and well, by the way, so uh, Ultimates Two, I will uh, admit I like. But any argument for Ryan's toxic masculinity theory is out the window because oh, a hundred percent. Hulk is like uh, Hulk, supposed to the argument for criticism of toxic masculinity. Yeah. We yeah. should say there is plenty yes. of toxic masculinity. Uh, Hulk shows up later on. When he shows up, his toxic masculinity is awesome. Mark Millar approves of it. There's no <laughs> yes. criticism whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. This next scene is one of my favorites, actually, in this whole story. Well, actually, I just like every Thor scene, so sorry. Spoilers. Yes. <laughs> uh, Thor is, it, basically, he shows up at this restaurant, and he's like, sorry, I'm late, Volstagg. I was creating a storm over a rice field in Ethiopia. And Volstagg is this, is this, like, this fat. He's in the movies as one of the Warriors 3. Those, those three guys that, sh- that show up with Thor in the movies. He's a fat mm-hmm. one, and he's and he's now he's here. He's wearing like a hula, not hula shirt, like a Hawaiian shirt. A Hawaiian shirt, exactly. Yeah. It's not that it's like we're being glib about like he's the fat one. That's like kind of his whole characterization yeah. always is that he's Volstagg the voluminous. I was about to say yeah, that's his, yeah. his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, he's talking to Volstagg, and Volstagg's like, you know, the Ultimates is, they're agents of the New World Order, and they're against what you're supposed to be doing here. And your brother, Loki, has escaped from the room without doors, and he swears vengeance. And he's like, and Thor's like, you know, I'll beat him next time. I always beat him. And he's like, you know, he's allied with something that you can't match, and he'll even use the super people against you. Like, he's even rewriting reality around us. And Thor's like, oh, I'll be ready. And then the waiter's like, are you, like, eating alone? Are you waiting for someone? And... Thor's like, I'm sitting with Volstagg the Voluminous. You can't miss him. <laughs> and everyone is like, you've been talking to yourself for like five minutes. And yeah. everyone is getting scared. And this is like one of the great things about this whole Thor story is like, you're like, is he Thor or is he yeah, crazy? They, they really ramp up the Thor being crazy subplot in the story. And uh, mm. it's one of the coolest parts of it. Yeah, because like, you know he's strong, but like you can be a strong, crazy superhero like yeah. you don't need to be actually the son of odin yeah. and i yeah i mentioned this last time but i typically don't like the is it real or is it a dream subplots because like the author never goes in explicit one direction or the other they just try and be like clever with like look everything could be fake or it could be real and you're not really sure and i'm actually i i end up eating those words because we have finished ultimates too and i would prefer that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I wish we kept the, that fucking just to hear uh, Daryl, I'll regret everything you said on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I this is what because we've talked about how I always really liked Ultimates two and I recommended it to Sly and like I was a big fan. And to me, like when I think back about Ultimates two, the thing that I remember the most is this like reboot of Thor is really really interesting to me. And I think in the first part of this, it does raise some valid questions because you're like, okay, Mark Millar barely touches on like the things that make these characters great. Like Captain America has no sense of decency, and like mm-hmm. you know, like Hank Pym barely has. You know, just all these characters are very different. They're, so, like, they're all they're could... all one note uh, caricatures of what like someone doesn't know these characters will make. Who yeah, they are. so mm. like making Thor a crazy guy who has like delusions of grandeur is. I I bought into that maybe Mark Millar will do this. That is a Mark Millar. That, that is like Mark Millar's equivalent of Hank Pym just being a white theater and. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Thor's just uh, a crazy asshole that <laughs> thinks he's better than he really is. And one thing just of, like, comic note is it's not like Thor was this, like, untouchable, huge character like he is now. Because I believe mm-hmm. at this point Thor was dead in the main universe and, like, just didn't have a book or anything. Like, he wasn't... It's it's funny to think about, like, Captain America and Iron Man as Thor as, like anything but A-listers now in the like MC- mm-hmm. in the post-MCU world. But at the time, like, you could mess with Thor and that would be fine, you know? Like... That, like it's not like comics would be shaken to their core like if you kill like Batman or something. Yeah, that's, that's that's one thing that's different between like having uh, comic fans who read this at the time talk about it because I remember when this book was out and that's why I was always afraid this would place the real door. But uh, now it seems laughable that would be the case. But back then, yeah, these characters were these characters were disposable back then. Yeah. Um, and the comic ends with this last. Well, there's no, there's cuck no, jokes. Yeah, I was gonna you skip can't those. skip over. Goddamn. Steve Rogers goes to like an outing with Bucky, who's his like old partner, and Gail, who was his like old love that ma- married Bucky, and they just make jokes about like swapping partners. Yeah, so Bucky will cuck Cap and Cap will cuck. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where I think we said last time where it's like it could be like almost like instant, just like playful yeah, flirting kind of between couples. But when you know who wrote it, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. I know what your that, fetish is. That is definitely a problem. Reading this entire story actually is that I can't get the knowledge that Mark Millar wrote this out of my mind because <laughs> yeah. I, I I actually would definitely see this as a as a kind of playful innocent uh, yeah. joke. Yeah, and the fact that it's Mark Millar, though, I'm like. He's probably drawing fanfic of them fucking like, off, <laughs> off panel. That's probably why 
uh, Joe and Ryan thought I was fucking insane for like <laughs> thinking Mark Millar was was like a, a weird creepy pervert asshole. Uh, and I was he like, did you read this in Ultimates? I'm like, no, it's fine. And because I read yeah. like unfunnies before they ever knew it existed, and I had that perspective. Mm-hmm. And they thought Mark Millar was just this innocent like humble comic book writer writing these yeah, fun comic books. And I knew the truth yeah. the whole time. Gil can have him, Bucky. Those two hooking up again just leaves it nice and open for me and you, huh? Says the boss to this old man. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, and speaking of Mark Millar's writing sensibilities, uh, here's another thing. He, like Every Mark Millar book I've ever read has this problem where it feels like it's like the first draft and he's done. Uh, <laughs> uh, one problem with this, this is a, cont- a continuous problem, and we talked about this in the, in the last episode. Uh, Mark Millar has the punchline, and the scene goes on after that. And yeah. like uh, the, the end issue ends with, on the news, it's revealed that everyone finds out that the Hulk is like, revealed to be Bruce Banner. So somebody leaked from Shield yeah. that the Hulk is Bruce Banner, and Bruce Banner is still alive in the in the basement of shield and he wasn't just some monster that the ultimates got together to fight he was part of them all these characters start seeing this on the tv and then like it should end what slice is saying is like it ends with this uh news reporter being like oh my god uh you know the ultimates are have to make an announcement shortly but here's the president of the united states that the twist should be the punchline but no then it goes on for one more page Full page splash page of Rebound just saying, oh, fuck. Like, that's it. <laughs> Not only that, but it's like him halfway eating a sandwich. So it's like kind of funny, but it's weird that this is your cliffhanger. It's like food in his mouth as he goes, He's oh, like shit. spitting it out. Yeah. Because yeah, this, is like, a good, okay. this is a good twist and a good setup for the whole series where it's like, what if the people... It's basically like the Pentagon Papers of the Marvel Universe because you're like, oh, the people we trusted this whole time actually were the villains. Yeah, for this whole thing and like thousands of people died in Manhattan because of these superheroes that we've now basically given like the keys to the country to like that's a good twist but then it's like oh fuck (laughs) yeah so issue two opens with Iron Man doing some undersea like excavating like the submarine right and then what happens is we have these other people like superhero people that are coming to help them there from the european no i think he's, he's coming to yeah. help them the yeah. eu is struggling and they're, oh, okay. they they ask for iron man to come help them basically uh everyone has their own super soldiers now so instead of just captain america now they have captain britain captain france and captain spain now yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense. You see Captain America and you're like, I need a captain of my nation. Yeah. yeah. And classic Millar is we have this setup that I really like and then just a bunch of shitty dialogue dumped on top of it. Because you have like Iron Man being like, who are you guys? And representatives from the EU are on the submarine or like, you know, call it like they're like the HQ people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you don't have the proper clearance. These are our government secrets. So like they're just superheroes, but we can't tell you more about that. Mm-hmm. And then we get from the American side of it. You get Jarvis, the butler, talking to Black Widow, who's dating uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man now. And basically, he's just like, Jarvis keeps like calling her like a slut and that she's just like trying to steal all his money. And it's like really weird. Jarvis Jarvis is a non-character in the first story. Yes. He he is so like a prissy gay guy in this sequel. Yes. That that, that I was convinced that he was Loki in the sky. I I was absolutely, because as you're reading this, you're like, why is Jarvis here? And like, because there's another scene that shows up later where he's like at a meeting with a bunch of rich people and he's telling them stuff. And you're like, he's talking to like the Rockefellers and he's like, yeah, and you're like, yes. why would why would Millar be showing this if he wasn't? We know Loki's somewhere in here distorting reality, or like that's the, the premise. If you don't believe in the dream, yeah. Thor. So is he Loki, or is this just pointless character changing for no reason? We'll find out. Uh, yeah, it's all red herring stuff. Spoilers. <laughs> what Master Tony sees in you, I'll never know, you slutty minx. Yeah, like come well, I'm afraid on. you'll have you'll just have to get used to me, old man, because I'm not going anywhere as long as I'm giving him the one thing that even you can't deliver. 
I'm like, God damn. <laughs> What's that, darling? Hungarian goulash? And we Come go on, from like, with these quips. That oh. great scene to um, <laughs> the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver just in Venice on a gondola ride. and uh, Talking just... like what Mark Millar assumes smart people talk like. Oh, I do the collab. I can't wait to go to Louvre later. Uh, but I wanted ice cream after this. And I walked through the monastery of St. Lazarus where Byron wrote Don Juan. Like, as if they uh, they didn't talk about their plans earlier. She's like, no, but I wanted to do, let me explain the plans. Also, it's so heavy-handed that it's basically stated that uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are an incestuous brother and sister couple. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just because, you know, why not? Just because, why not? You know, if Thor's going to be a hippie, might as well throw some incest <laughs> in here, right? Oh, they're brother and sister. They must have both be fucking each other, says Mark Millar. <laughs> Yeah. So then we have, uh, what is, what's this S.H.I.E.L.D. meeting about again? <laughs> I think it's just that Mark Millar doesn't understand any sort of, like, relationship that isn't sexual. So, like, everything's cucking, everything's fucking, even when they're, like, family. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. meeting is basically them saying, who the fuck leaked this information? And they're like, obviously it's Thor. Yeah, Thor. and Thor's on TV telling everyone that we're assholes. Like, of course it's Thor. Yeah, uh, Thor, a Thor is, is a hippie anti-activist, and he has, he's so, like, prominent now as an anti-activist anti-war activist like he like everyone's paying attention to him uh, while he's on a new circuit giving anti uh, avengers ultimate speeches basically yeah and then they mm-hmm. talk about what to do with bruce banner and they're like uh the president wants him to be executed a death sentence because he killed 152 civilians yeah. so it's like we gotta do that and then we have oh 852 civilians and his yeah, Be- and betty ross yeah yep. she's like uh you know, I we gotta do it. Die. Yeah, and she she was acting very cold this entire time, and like now it's like she's still acting yeah, cold. We had a whole thing on on the stupid Lost episode about like why is she written like really cold, and it's like it's probably Mark Millar's writing where it's like think about like a spurned ex lover of the typical yeah. like n- nerdy male guy, and she's like fucking kill him. Yeah, if I I'm, I can be professional, okay, we have to kill him. It's just my husband. <laughs> <laughs> And the scene ends with uh, <laughs> Captain America. Captain America's like, we gotta go fuck up Thor. And Samuel and Nick Fury is like, no, like, don't. Just like, we'll take care of it. Don't worry. We have an extensive file on him. Yeah. And Steve is like, what? You think I look like the kind of guy that's gonna start a fight? And then it cuts to <laughs> Times Square. It's a full page spread of yeah. Times Square. And Captain America jumped out of a helicopter and is just like <laughs> falling towards like this nightclub with like, no parachute or anything. He's just jumping why out of a helicopter. Like, why would you do that? He did in the first scene, too, when he was, like, dropping yeah. Iraq. This is a... But that makes more sense because it's an airlift military strike. This is just a guy in Times Square. <laughs> and uh, not only that, but it's just that Millar loves just wasting, like, space where you could have exposition or more interesting thing where he's just like, look how cool this, like, one little scene is. It says, it says like something that Daryl's complaining about this because Daryl always says, less dialogue, more p- big, splashy pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, I want it to be, like, meaningful, not, like, Cool. Which we already had him dropping in in Iraq, so you already know he's cool. And what is this page ad? It's Steve saying, uh, you think I'm going to be the one to start a fight? And then there's this drop page, and then the next is him walking into this club. That page is completely unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's cool. It's not necessary. <laughs> so in, in this club, Thor's like the leader of this, like love like everyone he's loves the leader Thor of the here. bunch we know it's him well. so weird there's like a like a uh, it's, it's like a cult it's like his own little mini Thor cult yes but like he, they own the nightclub like there's like a, a an EDM festival in here or something and he is like their their like leader like he tells them hey turn off the music and they do and so Captain America's just trying to pick a fight with him and Thor's like why would I do this I can barely do my email never mind hack into classified shield files and he's the most vocal opponent of the death penalty why would he want a banner to die 
And Captain America's like, oh, just watch yourself, Goldilocks. And as he goes to leave, we have, like, someone from the club just spits in his face. Then people start throwing their drinks on him. And That's for working with the thief in chief. Beer bath! <laughs> Thor gets really upset. And he, like, he uses his hammer to summon lightning around and shock everyone. And he says, uh, idiots, you came to me because you wanted to be better. Now what are you doing? Acting like a bunch of frat boys. This is one of my favorite scenes in the book where it's just, like, it's just that cult of personality that, like, they're all flocking to Thor just because he's Thor, mm-hmm. where he's, like, really trying to, like, change the paradigm of how we discuss, like, foreign yeah. policy. But they all just, like, want to hang out and get drunk with this cool hippie guy. Yeah. And, like, I really like that, that that juxtaposition where he's, like, no, like, you guys are doing the same shit that you yell at everybody else for doing. Like, be better than that. Yep. Both sides are just as bad. <laughs> and, then, and then Thor tells him, it's like, listen, my evil half-brother Loki... Uh, is distorting reality and changing things so he could be doing this. And Captain America just says, Thor, please. Sh- shut up. Literally. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then Thor Thor gives this pithy comment, you go to church every Sunday, Captain. What I've got to say is no stranger than that. <gasps> Boom. Boom. Mark Millar. Nice jab. <laughs> you know that when he wrote that, he just like came a little bit. Yeah. And Professor X is helping Banner out before. Like he's keeping him calm to make sure that the Hulk doesn't appear. And like they go through like some of his memories that have melded together. It's like, you can use my, like, emergency psychic distress code if that monster gives you any trouble. And also, uh, I don't know if we clarified this, but Ben has been Hulking a long time, so he, they, they yeah. feels yeah. like he's out of control at this point. Yeah, we get a full-page splash of, like, a big angry Hulk to let I you think, just know I, he's there. I think it's there. really cool, just like, creeping on the background like this. <laughs> but it's not the background. It's like a... I think that's more... That's, more, that's a, one of the more purposeful... purposeful uh, no, because it's... It, yeah, it's not in the background. It's in the whole splash page, but it's, like, it's in the darkness. It's, it's yeah. meant to yeah. be, like, terrifying, too. Like, this yeah. is what he could be. Yeah. It's scary. Yep. And then... Bunch of X Men nonsense. Uh, Hank, uh, yeah, X Men leave. Hank Pym shows up. Uh, he talk, uh, uh, what was it? Cause... Oh wait, no, I want to mention this because yeah. I was so shocked when he's like, uh, "They're like they're gonna kill him though. Why don't we take him in? You know, fix him up. Like it's what we do as X Men." And Professor X is like, "They want a scapegoat, Scott. A peculiar human trait where some satisfaction can be taken from the suffering of others." I'm pleased to say you wouldn't understand that. And this is when I was like. Are mutants not humans? Like, do they not have human feelings and stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, because the, the whole perception thing is like... Perception is, of, that's the, the racism there. The perception is that they're different species, basically. Yeah, they're and, better than that. They're better than scapegoating. And I think the crazy thing is ironic saying, as a as, as, uh, scapegoat yourself, you should know what, what we're doing here. I, I thought I, Professor X is saying that. Oh, who said that? Professor X. Uh, the arrow is not clear. It could go to either of them. <laughs> I guess it could. Oh, yeah, you really could. Okay. But, yeah. That's how you can tell a good writer when the dialogue, you can't even tell whose voice it's <laughs> that's, that's Oh, yeah. That is, obviously, that's the letterer's fault, but no, the dialogue is damn neutral. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's both. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so then Hank Pym and Bruce Banner have like a rivalry last time uh, because they're both like trying to be big nerd Scientists. boys. And it ended up becoming yep. little nerd big boys. nerd boys, but... It fucked up both their lives, and now they're like bros uh, together after all this beefing they did in the last year. Yeah, they're both the fuck-ups. Yeah. yeah, and Hank Pym's talking about how he knows he's about to get fired. He's not going to, you know, they've already replaced him with a bunch of just like grunt uh, giant men that like once they cracked his technology, so they don't need him around anymore. And they're setting up cameras because Bruce Banner can't be brought to court because he's such a danger. So he'll be like Skyping in basically to the, to the trial. Yeah, so the punchline is... Uh, Hawk Pym talks about how they're phasing them out and they're bringing all these spooks like Haw- uh, like uh, Hawkeye, Quicksilver, Black Widow, Hawkeye. They're all military people. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the, the twist uh, twist is that, that that's the twist and also the twist is to back up that point, Sam- <laughs> Samuel Jackson, uh, Nick Fury is watching oh them God. on the monitors. But then for no reason, 
we have an extra splash page of Nick Fury's face just staring at the at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> looking also, ominous. Also, they're like, they're like, can you believe he's eavesdropping on them? They're setting up cameras. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, really it's also weird because, like, I saw this and I didn't know what this was supposed to allude to. It's just like, am I supposed to not trust him because he's cast in red and shadows? Or that he's listening to them? Or that he's realizing who they're phasing out and they're bringing in all these black ops people when he's a military man, too? Like, I just didn't know I think what Millar wanted me to feel by seeing Fury's face. I- I think that's the that, third one, but that's me trying to analyze it and giving him the benefit of the doubt. That's not a pointless yeah. page. Yeah. All right, so the next issue is The Trial of the Hulk. Uh, one I such here is that Daredevil is the one representing the Hulk. And mm-hmm. he, he actually gives a pretty good argument. Uh, basically, the argument is not that the Hulk is innocent, but that... Uh, uh, because like the other, they're trying to like clarify whether Bruce Banner was in the right state of mind or not. Like, is it like a, a drug addict? A drug addict should be held responsible for his actions even while he's on drugs. Yeah, the, the prosecutor's act- like, if you kill someone on crack, you are still responsible for killing someone. Like, yeah, But yeah. then Matt Murdock's argument is this was not an illegal drug. This was a government-sponsored experiment that, like, not only is it not illegal, but the government, like, pretty much pressured him to do it and, like, it's state-sponsored. So how can he be held guilty? The government should be held guilty. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I like to touch that he's not trying to argue that Bruce Banner should be uh, freed. He's arguing that he should be allowed to be in prison forever so they can use his brain. Yes, because uh, he's will- he's since he's been... Uh, incapacitated he's has been like you know still doing experiments with them and helping you know the ultimates team from behind the scenes and i like that the prosecution like another touch that they do is when they talk about all these things that the hulk did it always he always talks about dr banner because he's trying like whenever he brings up who did the the wrongdoing it's not the hulk it's dr banner because the prosecution's Mm -hmm. trying to tie hulk to dr banner yeah when they talk about this it's it's almost like the less like less human interactions Millar has to deal with, the better he ends up writing. <laughs> I, I was just ironically, I do think the next bit of uh, writing is good because it's about two people arguing in a fight. Uh, Betty goes to Bruce, and Bruce is like acts like a petulant child of her, saying, "Sure, fault. I became the Hulk trying to please you, you fucking bitch, basically." And because uh, I like, forgot from the first one, she was like, "You're too much of a little baby bitch. You can't." Yeah. You don't remember Hulk man. Hulk smash Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> and then, then immediately after being a dick, uh, uh, he starts crying. Says he's sorry. And uh, one of the few times that, uh, Mark Millar dialogue ever rings true for me is when people are fighting in the fucking relationship. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it's like yeah. broken relationships are his forte. He's drawing yes. from experience. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Bruce is he's like, please go, come, come kiss me. So say you bring me back. And he's like, no, I'm too embarrassed. This camera's watching us. Uh, which is so yeah. Good. She won't say. She won't say. I, he won't say I love you back to her. Yeah, because he's too embarrassed in front of the cameras. And I, I thought that was weird. I'm like, I. I, I, I don't, don't mind him being that like nerdy. That I don't know. I, 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 I everything about Bruce Banner p- p- says he's pathetic enough to see something like that to me. Like mm. he is a pathetic little. You're uh, the reason he became Hulk. Then Sly, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Make him feel small. It's <laughs> <laughs> my fault. Uh. Oh my god, and then we have more, I forgot about this, just real quick, we have, because Thor appears on TV and he's talking about how um, this is all, this trial's uh, just smoke and mirrors to distract from the real atrocity, which is all the the troops in the rogue states, and that their ultimates are going to be deployed in Syria and Iran. And and yeah. Jarvis says, "Good lord, what a marvelous physique!" When he comments on him, I was like, "This is definitely a red herring for me not to think that he's Loki." Also, Jarvis <laughs> has met him before. 
Yeah, Loki's gay for his brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I thought that was like such a thing that you wouldn't think that he is Loki because who would comment on their brother's physique? Just turns out it's just Jarvis appreciating a man's body. How's it wrong? Daryl has some read enough fanfiction about movie Loki. <laughs> and uh, remember, last true. time we saw Jarvis, it immediately cut to the other incestuous couple of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. <laughs> so it's it's all parallelism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then the Fury, genius. Yeah, yeah. So then the Fury goes to Bruce and says. We, uh, uh, Amirak did it. He, he got him to to just give you life life in prison. You're, uh, you didn't yep. get the trials over. You get life in prison. He yeah, said yeah. the team marched in, and all everyone, including Captain America, gave this rousing speech about your credibility and how you know important you were to the team and how you stopped yeah, the, the alien fact that invasion. The Hulk saved, even though he killed all those people, he literally saved the the country from the aliens. So mm-hmm. like. How could you kill the guy who did that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, uh, so they say, here's some champagne to celebrate with Baron. Everybody's like, yeah! And then he turns out they drugged the, the wine, uh, drugged the champagne. And uh, this scene got me because I thought Matt Murdock's uh, argument was convincing enough for a life sentence that I thought that maybe he did get off. But no, Big uh, Fury just wanted to fake him out so he wouldn't hook out while they're trying to, to kill him. Yeah, because if, if they had to tell him, it's like, you're going to be executed, he might get mad. So instead, he passes out and then they put him on an aircraft carrier uh, a yeah. fucking aircraft carrier that was, shield helicarrier like... yeah so the football is out they're gonna blow, they're gonna blow, blow up an entire uh, fucking helicarrier just to kill just to kill this one guy like not a waste of resources whatsoever yeah uh, why not so, shoot him in the head yeah I brought that up and you guys were like you don't know because as soon as like the bullet touches his head maybe he turns into the Hulk automatically that's true I Whereas, guess like, you can't but still, like maybe what happens if you explode it and fire touches him Does, would he not turn to the Hulk there like it's all uh, spoilers that is what happens. You drop him on a nuclear <laughs> test site. But anyway, it's actually done because the, the person in charge of the dosage to put him out, his, put, to put him out was Hank Pym, the guy they told you're firing. Like, they're like, and they're like, the whole time, they're like, fuck you, Hank Pym, you piece of shit. We hate you. <laughs> yeah. We're going to fire you. And he's this just like, oh, like you're, you're, in char- you're, you're in charge of killing your best friend now, your new best friend. And he's like, sure, <laughs> not, not a I'll single do it. company, I think, that like big corporations, when they fire someone, they literally have, when they tell them you're fired, the security's there to escort them already. You don't yeah. want... You, yep. you can't when once someone is fired you don't know what the fuck they're gonna do yeah you yeah. know what so, this is why shield got infiltrated so easily i mean really they're like you're fired also we're gonna need you to do a very vital task before yeah you, you hit, don't let the door hit you on the way out knock but like, the hulk out yeah you need, you need to lock, knock the hulk out and then before the bomb goes off uh his eyes open and it shows that they're green but then yeah. the explosion goes off so you don't know what happened and in the background is a narration of captain america reading um a eulogy that Banner wrote himself because, like, no one was going to write one for I think him. That, I think that's a nice touch with this Banner that, like, everyone already presumed was dead and everything. That the funeral itself is mostly empty. There's just a couple people there. And, like, he has to give, like, Captain America has to give a eulogy that Banner wrote himself. No one cares enough to write one. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's, like, just sad. Like, but that, like, yeah. but, like, it's supposed to be. Like, I actually felt genuine emotion from yeah. this. That's true. I felt sad, too, seeing Tony Stark uh, before he they blow him up. He's like, this is obscene. He's just like laying here like a bag of bones. Yeah. And he like puts the rosary in his hand. And he's like, and people wonder why I drink. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was a nice touch. And uh, the issue ends. Uh, Hank was going to his back to his crummy apartment. 
that he has now. That he's a fucking unemployed asshole. And, and he's checking just... his messages, and the first message is from Shield saying, "Hey, you know, you had a bunch of designs like for Ultron stuff, whatever that is, and like you have to bring those back. You can't just take a bunch of shit." Like exactly what Phil was talking about. How like they gave him a chance to just take all his files. Like, what kind of fucking <laughs> operational security? Uh, Shield, uh, Shield deserves to fucking get. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and then he gets another call uh, saying somebody just saying thank you, and uh, it's, it's from Bruce Banner, and the classic scene of Bruce Banner putting on the cap and go and blending into the crowd in like some random country in the Middle East or something, or uh, mm-hmm. uh, South America, South America, South America sorry, yeah. yes. South America, and that's and that ends the trial of the Hulk issue three. Yes. So issue four starts with another like media montage. Of the all the of ultimates now that the Hulk's dead, they're just all like being heroes. They're saving like you know just a regular city street, but then also they're doing some like you know bigger things like suicide bombers. And you have the Wasp talking about like on like the View talking about her her relationship with Captain America, and we see Hank Pym still building robots. And then we <laughs> this is the scene that uh, you guys were talking about of Jarvis talking to like all the Rockefellers. And, like, just he's just talking about, like, all Ultimate's insider gossip. And they also, he says that him, that Tony Stark and Black Widow are in love. Mm-hmm. And Tony has given Black Widow her own Iron Man armor. And it's just, like, black Iron Man armor. And yeah. he, t- and they're flying She's through- War Machine now. Yes, yeah, yes. basically. And they're flying over her home <laughs> country. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tony. Tony has arranged for everyone in her entire village. No, it's a fucking. It's a city of three million people. <laughs> that is big. That is as big as about L.A. Like so, in terms of population. So three million people have lined up so that from the sky you can see them saying, "Will you marry me?" with a heart. <laughs> And she starts crying. They say yes, and now now they're just flying no, through the air. She says, are those people? And she sees, like, the will you marry me? And she says, three million of them, sweetie. The entire population of your old home city. You wouldn't believe how long it took to organize them like this or how many labor laws I had to break. Still, $100 a head and a warm cup of coffee. And it's amazing how long these guys can stand around in the snow. And this is when I was like, regardless of how, like, again, this is where my mind always goes. I'm like... Logistically, this is impossible. Like, you can't. <laughs> this is less action. Organize. This is less action movie like acceptance and more Mark Millar bullshit for me. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. organize three million people to do fucking shit. Uh, yeah. Much less literally spell out, uh, "Will you marry me?" across the world. For me, I was reading this. I'm just like, I just don't like Iron Man at all. Like this is yeah, just so, like such a flagrant waste of time and resources. Yeah. yeah. So like uh, we're supposed to, these are again supposed to be our heroes, but then mm-hmm. it cuts to Italy where there's a big protest against the European super soldiers who are like starting to take a similar role as the Ultimates. And the like SWAT teams and like riot police start breaking up this riot and they're throwing tear gas. They have like big shields and nightsticks. And this is when Thor lands and like shocks everybody, blows up a cop car. And he doesn't shock everybody. He's specifically shocking the riot. Oh, no, you're right. That's a nice art touch that it's just the police getting shocked. And Thor is like, leave these people alone. Mm. Which is like, it only makes you like Thor more after like this rich guy wasting all these people time and money for his petty romance. Yeah. 
So then the rest of the team finds out that Thor has been flipping out. We see that Hawkeye has a family and kids. Oh, God. That, that's that's, that's, that's going to be so, all the setup you need for them. Yep. <laughs> Daryl, one day you're going to be like doing something really over the top romantically, and I'm going to be like fucking petty waste of fucking time. <laughs> sure. When, when I pay three million people $100 each, you can But imagine, imagine you could just pay like 10 people one penny each. You would do it because that's what it is like for Iron Man. He's like, whatever. I'm so rich. Uh, yeah, so, fuck him. so you're saying it's immoral for billionaires to exist, Phil? No. <laughs> I'm saying it we is. would all do the same thing, probably. If you had that much money, yes. That's okay. why it's immoral. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's like the- if you could kill anyone in the world with like a thought, you shouldn't have that power. Uh, I'm going to death note you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so. I thought, for a second, I thought you meant thought as in that hole over there. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Sly. <laughs> Good old Sly, always bringing us back down to earth. So. Okay, so now it cuts to Brussels, where we get, like, the origin of Thor, based uh, that's relegated to him from his brother, who looks just like Loki. And what happened was, they're in this, like, EU research facility, where you meet, like, Captain Britain, Captain France, Captain Spain, and to recreate the powers of Thor, you know, based on, like, Norse's iconography, they created this vest that lets you manipulate... Uh, like weather currents and electrical currents to create mm-hmm. lightning. And it's all powered by this like big axe that Thor uses. It's a hammer that could ionize the environment and artificially manipulate the weather and even use its four-dimensional engine to teleport the wearer anywhere in the world. And this is where I was like, uh, if four-dimensional <laughs> engines exist, why the fuck would <laughs> not Amer- was it, Norway, of yeah. all countries, <laughs> be the a- ones to make this? Yeah. Or maybe it's a subtle hint by Mark Millar that not everything's what it seems in the situation. For what it's mm, worth, this true. is a big European research facility that all countries are working in together in the EU. That's why Captain Britain's there, France is there. But, but, no, but they were doing this in secret. Like, they're revealing this to... Yeah, uh, that they were working on the the, Nor- yeah. the Norse project in secret. And like Loki like, allows, like, oh, can you believe it? they thought Norway of all places is where it's all started? This secret underground research based in Norway? Like, he laughs later on. That's funny. That smallest country on fucking world uh, caused all this to happen. So, like, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, his brother, who was visiting, Loki calls him a lunatic. Or, I'm sorry, Gunnar Goldman. He just looks like <laughs> Loki. And he's Thor's brother. So, he, his brother stole everything and then went out to be a, like, hippie superhero. And they're like, why didn't you do something earlier? And they're like, well, you know, he was he's doing good things. Even though he's a lunatic, he's still, like... His heart's in the right place, and he's got the most powerful technology on Earth. Like, I don't know how to take it. So now, because he assaulted the police, it's, you know, finally time to get the Ultimates involved, and you guys are going to have to go after him. And then in Norway, Thor has created, like, a hippie commune in, like, the woods, <laughs> where they're having, like, I guess it's Burning Man. There's, like, a big bonfire. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. And the Ultimates land, and... They, they're they about to attack Thor, and Thor's like, can you please give these people some time to evacuate? They're all innocent My people. Was, they said, like, Quicksilver Adam first? Because they know that they have to get the belt off him. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess belt. that's why you belt... send Quicksilver before he knows anything. Yeah, they're trying, yeah. they're trying to cheap shot him real quick before they yeah. uh, have to take yeah. him down for real. But that's <laughs> when Thor's like, please let these people, you know, have have a chance to escape. Let my people go, basically. Yeah. And he says, too, uh, like, 
this is how you're going to do it, creeping up on me like some kind of criminal? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Thor also is like, you know, that guy you met at the complex, he isn't real. He's the Asgardian god of mischief. He's laughing up his sleeve at you. He only sent you here to spoil my father's mission. And the rest of the team's like, come on. Like, obviously, that's not true. You're crazy. Not just you're crazy. They, they, they say, like, you're sick. Like, you're danger you're endangering other people. Like, you gotta let it go. Yeah, and the punchline should be like them coming out of the forest and saying this, but instead it's them saying that, and then Splash Pitch Captain America saying, Sorry, chum, you're nuts and you're going down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's what ends the issue. We also talked about how kind of like dangerous it is to tell a guy with like a super powerful weapon, You're crazy. You you're need fucking to stop. crazy. <laughs> instead of having like people who are trained to go in and be like, Talk to him. Yeah, like psychiatrists. Like, <laughs> and again, if this was like, if this was a dissection of like, you know, Captain America being this like guy, this military like jarhead from the 40s obviously wouldn't understand the nuances of mental health mm -hmm. but like he's still a hero yeah you like, have tony the there being like you can't do this man and but with wasps like that too everyone's no one's no one's like you're being old-fashioned of america everyone's just like yeah and that's nuts. the thing is like this exact scene in a bubble could be an interesting point about like you know like tony the guy who struggles with alcoholism and the wasp yeah. who's from like an abusive relationship they understand the nuances of mental yeah health. what it's like not to be believed yeah stuff like that but then it's just like caps like you're nuts you're going down and that's not like the catalyst to like everything going wrong it's that's the like fuck yeah let's yeah. take this yeah. guy down yeah. moment and so uh the next issue opens up with like the cult being ushered away by the soldiers and they're like let's go and they're like no we want to be here and show him we still believe in him like, uh, one thing i just want to point out we say it's a cult because like they're acting like cult and stuff but it's not like like it's really mostly just like hipsters and hippies hanging out like it's not it's like they're cult. like it's not it's like a deaf cult a hippie yeah cult. they're it's not like, like worshiping following. him yeah it's more like yeah it's more like a fan following exactly mm -hmm. yeah it reminds me actually of, of uh i think i think there's supposed to be some jesus parallels where like before they get attacked mm -hmm. he's out away from them like in the garden yeah like knowing he's about to be betrayed like it's very i, I thought it was supposed to be like yeah. his followers and he's having sex with his disciples like jesus right Dorsal yeah it also looks very jesus like too yes yeah. And then, uh, in typical Jesus fashion, Captain America brings out a flamethrower and torches <laughs> him. <laughs> it's a very, I actually like this touch. It's a very interesting uh, mirror of the f first Ultimates where they fight Hulk, but now everyone's fighting Thor, the, the second most powerful guy in the yep. team. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty cool fight, uh, I think, honestly. Um, they light him on fire originally to start the fight, which I, is actually pretty smart, because uh, he seems to be immune to, like, uh, the problem is they they forgot he was Thor. They thought he was Samson. So burning off all his hair didn't actually do anything. <laughs> yeah, his hair burns off, so he's bald for the rest of the story. Oh, which he's looks not, a little yeah. Weird. He's not and then I brought up a, a point in the last issue how that a lot of the combat in this is a little bit difficult to follow of like when people like Quicksilver gets up to run to go into battle and then the next scene is just like Thor pointing his axe at him and Quicksilver is like a couple like yards away just like getting hit and you can't really tell what is happening in a lot of the action and the flow doesn't go as well as it should yeah, be. This is the problem with uh, photorealistic art, uh, which why uh, my, my least favorite artist is Greg Land, even though people drink him up all the time. Um, <laughs> it's more like taking a, a photo and like having that as as a panel. Yeah. There's no motion to the, or like motionalized or anything to show where action's going or, or where you're supposed to be direct your eyes or anything. Yeah. It's just a snapshot, like not necessarily even always well composed. So. Uh, a lot of times it just feels like you just missed the, the point of like contact between Quicksilver and Door, so you, you just yeah. get confused like what the fuck's happening in these pages. <laughs> so that too, and a lot of times when people are getting hit, it's like he poses their bodies really well in an anime, like a mode of them being hit, but there's no, it, they're like Sly said, you don't feel the motion from the panel. 
Yeah. It, I think it, it also depends on like the writer that they're teamed up with because like you have someone like Brian Hitch who's very photorealistic, similar to like Alex Ross who's very photorealistic and he does like all the painted art if anybody's read like Kingdom Come or Marvels. But mm. Alex Ross does projects where his scripts are supposed to be snapshots in time and like like iconic type poses and like epic style moments where Brian Hitch is doing like action schlock here. So if this is supposed no, but to not, be not necessarily just action schlock, um uh, like the one, the things that Ryan's described, they're all like montages. This is uh, it's very yes. important. Uh, beat for beat, what's happening in this fight? Because there's yes. a sequence of events to this fight. So if, yes. you, if you can't understand the sequence, it really throws off the flow of it. That's yeah. very yeah, exactly. So then Thor eats the wasp. <laughs> yeah, they try to do the Hulk thing again, where she goes into his brain or whatever, and he swallows her accidentally. Yeah. Uh, uh, Iron Man shows up and is like zoop 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 using some lasers or something. He uses <laughs> like, like sound weapons against him. Yeah. And he's like, they're trying to silence the conscience of the team, Tony. And he's like, what? So they could use us in the Middle East? Yeah, right. You're crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, they literally are. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they're really hammering home how like ignorant Tony is of, of this. And yes. Thor just says sorry and smashes Iron Man. And Thor's just kicking everyone's ass, honestly. Like, yeah. he's just, like, destroying them. Uh, one thing I, I do want to say about the Iron Man as, like, being a puppet of the military that I do find interesting, I don't necessarily know if this is intentional, but, like, in the main universe, Iron Man was a military contractor who realized his weapons were being used by terrorists and turned his life around. Here, he didn't have that trauma. He got sick. So he's never had to face the military-industrial complex like mm. he does in, let's say, Iron Man 1. So, like, having him become a hero, but without it being because of the arrogance of the American military, does make it more interesting that he's a puppet here. Yeah. And also, it also made, all this issue feels like it's framed for the Avengers to become more heroic. Uh, yes. Like, because uh, a lot of this is about how the military is fucking them over. But then it cuts to Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, great yeah. scene. She's beating him up, and, and Captain in America asks Tony in the background, Natasha, this violent back home, Tony? Only want to ask her nicely. And she's <laughs> stepping on his neck saying, hippie scum. You know what I hate about you people? You know what drives me up the wall? You grew up here and then with everything and then you bite the hand that feeds you. You and your filthy friends back there. Who pays for your welfare checks? And <laughs> also, we just learned that Thor is from Norway, so he didn't grow up here taking welfare checks, but whatever. Yeah, and also yeah. Thor uh, hits her and she's like, the baby, what have you done to my baby? And Thor's like, what? I was three months pregnant, you idiot. Tony, I had a Tony one yet. And Thor's like, oh my God. She's like, sucker. <laughs> she she, she, she shots him. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah, so they're all holding him down. Captain, all the captains. and, and Cap Captain Brain, Captain Spray, all, all the captains. Iron okay. Man shows oh, captain, up. Captain, my captain. Literally, everyone's just piling on him, and then it's Thanos in uh, uh, Avengers, Avengers movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's he's getting mad. He's calling them traitors. He starts summoning like a lightning cloud and a storm brewing, and strikes them with lightning. Yeah, he smashes them, and he's like, "All right, fuck all y'all." And then uh, as he flies up into the air, it's just lightninging everything. Um, Scarlet, like, Witch, well, Scarlet Witch goes to Quicksilver again saying, can you try again? And Quicksilver's like, no, are you crazy? She's like, no, you hear me, Quicksilver. <laughs> he almost broke my nose. <laughs> yeah, and then, then that gives uh, Quicksilver motivation to finally steal uh, Thor's uh, belt and yep. succeed. Jumps in the air, jumps off some trees, whops the belt off, and immediately... Yeah. And he's he quippies. As he's in midair at the belt, he goes, Quicksilver to anyone, catch. And that guy flies by and goes, caught. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thor goes, 
father. And he falls out of the fucking sky, bounces off the ground. And pukes out the wasp. <laughs> yeah. And then she throws up, which yeah. is very good. And then Hawkeye shows up and's like, now that this guy's unarmed and powerless, let me kill him, Dad. <laughs> give says, me the let's order. give him some instant ventilation. And, Ca- and Cap's like, you don't have to do that. Like, you can yeah, stay out of Hawkeye. Done. Like, you can, you can move out of the way. And then this is actually a full page spread that I really like, where yeah. it's Thor just like sitting in the rain crying, like next to his, like Bald. in the mud, next to the the hammer this useless mjolnir yeah and it's it's like it i always draw the parallel to in the first thor movie when he can't pick up the hammer and he's just sitting in the rain like feeling like his father has forsaken him and oh, yeah, like uh, 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 when people said that avengers movies were very influenced by ultimates i never saw it until i read the story like in ultimates 2 i, I guess the movie writers liked ultimates 2 better than one because ultimates 2 is where the influences really start shining through and then, yeah, and then just like in Thor 1, you have Thor in the next scene in, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D. containment center, the same place that Bruce Banner was, and he gets visited by Loki, and Loki's just, like, trolling him. Uh, Gunnar Goldman. Yeah, Gunnar Goldman. Oh, this and... time it's Loki because he has green irises. Yes. Yeah, and he's like, fuck you, I win. Uh... Yeah, he's like, and he's, like, trolling him, and, like, you know, there's a scene very similar to this in Thor the movie. 1. Uh, yeah. And, and Avengers then, 2 as well, basically. Yeah, and he's yelling, he's yelling, and, like, the, you know, the guard can't see Loki. Yeah, you're talking to no one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he feels like there's a trade on a team that's not Loki, so he wasn't one that leaked. Yeah, he's like, by the way, uh, Wolf in the Den. Alright. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, Jarvis. Wait, Jarvis then, is Loki. And, and, and ends with Tony being like, thank God uh, Thor's off the team. And he was crazy saying we're going to go to Syria or, or the Middle East, right? Nick Fury's like, speaking of Middle East, I got a mission <laughs> yeah. for you guys. Yeah, something's come up in the Middle East. Yeah, this is, just a, this is just a coincidence, I promise. This, but. this is also the first time that it actually ends on the punchline. Ends of Nick Fury saying you gotta go to the Middle East. So, congratulations, Mark Mulligan. I, I, I don't see why this has to be a full page, but, you know, it is. <laughs> so, so, I think we can all agree, like, the political intrigue of, like, the Avengers being used as weapons is what makes Ultimates 2 its most interesting Yes, right. I, I agree. That's, that's why makes I like it overall. Yeah, and it, it's it's really neat. I like that Millar leaned to do it way more than with Ultimates One, where it, like I I wasn't getting that same feeling where it's like should you have a superhero team up like that that's this powerful and it's being used as a cudgel of the American military, and then we get uh, issue six, which is <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Defenders. Basically, Hank Pym. This whole issue is that he joins this, like, really shitty squad of not superheroes that all they are is they're, like, C-listers of the Marvel Universe. Are you telling me Son of Satan is not a... uh, (laughs) Hellstorm is awesome. Fuck you guys. But it doesn't really matter because... But you can't argue he's not a C-lister. I know, but, but keep in mind... Luke Cage is on this team. Like, a, a yep. fucking TV show makes all the difference for all these characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. So I agree this, with this you why this, she like this but annoys me because Mark Miller was like, Luke Cage is a nobody right now as I'm writing this, so he'll always be a nobody so I can make fun of him. So Luke yep. Cage and Valkyrie are both part of the, the Defenders and they're all loser team heroes. Yeah, you have Valkyrie, you have Hellcat. Yeah, but 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 I, I think these could be different versions of these characters because oh, like, yeah. Valkyrie says, try to imagine Thor without weather powers. Magic Hammer? No. Can you fly? No. Keep in mind, keep mind this is when I thought this could replace the mainstream version of the characters. So... There was a concern for me that this Valkyrie, who is just a model uh, wearing sexy Valkyrie costume. Okay, costume, 
costume is a little bit of an overstatement, yeah, I it's, think. It's literal bikini armor. Like, she has yeah. on a thong where you can see her entire butt, like, exposed if she and turns around. And they make sure to, to pose her that way. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So she has no powers or anything. She's just a sexy uh, woman. Yes. Uh, and so can you imagine, like, people bitch about the Marvel movies now. Valkyrie <laughs> came so late. Imagine if Valkyrie was off in Thor 3 and this is her. She has no powers. <laughs> she's just sexy. Shows off her ass. That's what she does. She bends yeah. over and shows off her ass. And yeah. then Hank Pym... Uh, says I can introduce you to the Spider Man to Spider Man and the X Men and then he bangs her. Yeah, and, and, he, <laughs> and, and, then, all, and the joke is Ant Man can shrink. Everyone's like, and everyone like the readers supposed to be like, wow, what a fucking superpower! But he's the first person on the team to actually have power. So like, wow, so cool. But I think that that's an interesting. Yeah, so point. all he does is he shrinks. He like he shrinks down really small. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. And then he sleeps with Valkyrie. And now one thing I would need to point out. Go ahead. Is that I was hoping you would. Is that. Ant-Man shrinks in this, and he's naked because his clothes don't shrink with him. This is mm-hmm. this is a theme we've seen many Just times. Just like when he grows large. Yes. Now he sleeps with her, and then he shrinks and stands on the windowsill. And we can see he's shrunken because the beer bottle is bigger than him. Yes, and yeah. he's looking out over the city, and he's like, you know, I'm using her just as much as she's using me. Like, it's fine, even though she's like, what is she, 19? 19. Yeah, yeah, she's 19, but, you know, it's fine. So what if I said I'd introduce her to everybody? Don't worry about it. But then he's shrinking, and we see him in these tiny little boxer shorts. <laughs> Does that mean he brought tiny little boxers and had them next to his bed? <laughs> That reveal is only for one joke in his comic, by the way, too. Because later on, they break that rule anyway, too. Well, no, he uh, was naked in Ultimates 1 when he grew big. I know, but later on, another character grows up, and they didn't fucking yeah, yeah, put on new clothes. clothes. They were wearing the uh, same clothes. That, yeah. That's yeah, so, true. Yeah, that's so true. Then, then we get this scene. Man, this, oh, is, and, uh, this so fucking like, issue <laughs> just sucks so much. Because yeah. it, it's Hank Pym goes to the uh, Ultimates headquarters, and he's telling... Nick Fury that he has Ultron robots that he's designed. This is also where I'm like, is this going to play into it? Because you know Ultron's like a, a big villain. So it's like, are these robots going to like betray them or something? And he's trying to sell these robots to the Ultimates. And they're fully functioning robots. He's trying to sell them, <laughs> trying to give it to them for free. And Nick yeah, Fury's he like, says Fuck he'll you. give it to him for free. And then Nick Fury turns to him and goes, hey, please don't embarrass me like this. They're fully functioning ro- AI, <laughs> fully functioning robots. They're saying like, they're like, more durable than the Wasp and Hawkeye. And like, like, like imagine the movie Ultron and movie Vision like without the color scheme. <laughs> yeah. And imagine those like in real life, and you're like, get out of here, you fucking stupid robots, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Janet shows up, and she's like, oh, she, she talks with Hank Pym a little bit. Let me show some mention real quick. Uh, they replaced Hank Pym with like an army of giant men using uh, the giant men formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, and they're making an army of Captain America's army of super soldiers, generic uh, people uh, with super soldiers serum acting like Captain America, and like they're, they're basically having all these ripoff uh, soldier militarized versions of the main heroes now, mm-hmm. like uh, moving into the team. Yeah, so yeah. Jan like flirts with Hank a little, and she's like, "You're looking good," and he's like, "You look good too." And then Steve Rogers shows up, and he's like, "Walk away, or I put your head through the wall." Yeah. And it's just, you know, lots of macho yeah. bullshit. And it's yeah. also setting up, setting up uh, ending the fact that Jan is interested in hooking back up with Hank Pym. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and then you get this one-off joke of the Scarlet Witch was checking out the Vision robot. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> well, it's not really a joke to set up the fact that she's going to bone in like she does in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and then hit more. The weirdest thing about this issue is this issue almost has, like, no bearing on the plot at all. Yeah, it doesn't think, at like, all. Yeah. Like, you could cut this entire It's just show. shitting on the Defenders because it's like <laughs> Hank Pym. It goes to hang out with them, and then there's who's the big guy with the the ponytail? The black, uh, black knight. knight. Uh, he yeah. was a combo guy from The Simpsons. The <laughs> yeah. only thing that matters is that uh, 
the only thing I wanted to bring up here, I should say, not that the only thing that matters, is that <laughs> the, 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 the defenders are trying to basically show that they're useful by bust, doing a cigarette bust or something. Well, first, so, first they're trying to save like this burning building, but they get stuck on the bus. So Iron Man goes and saves everybody first. <laughs> so like, don't worry, we'll do something good. We're gonna bust up this big cigarette heist in this abandoned factory. We should really quick mention. Uh, the whole point of this issue is basically just uh, poking fun at, of those real life superheroes the ones you yeah. see on like documentaries that are yeah. just losers who yeah. like take the bus and like give feed pitches on the street or something like that like I'm a real superhero basically yeah. Mark Millar also wrote Kick-Ass though so like fuck him <laughs> yeah <laughs> they show up to get one crate of cigarettes this guy shows up I don't remember Nighthawk Nighthawk he uh, breaks yeah, his ankle and then immediately these landing kids on a who kid are, <laughs> these kids who are cigarette thieves immediately are like let us beat him, throw him out the window, li- drench him in gasoline, and light him on fire. And I'm like, yeah. oh my god, Mark Millar thinks that everyone is just like one step away from homicide. Like everyone yeah. is just ready to murder someone else. Yeah. So and then everyone's like, we gotta go help uh, Nighthawk. And Ant Man's like, oh, some of the ants. And he's like, there's not enough ants. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. There's forty ants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then he's like, okay, I guess I gotta turn to Giant Man and. Uh, just for his, like I said, it's just for his fucking joke. So Ant-Man could be naked as he, show, he shows off his dick, and the new, the new, and he beats up the criminals, but the news cameras c- c- catch, catch him in the act, and they get a picture of his taint. And the, yeah, <laughs> just his ass, his dick, and the headline is "Butt or Luck Next Time." <laughs> yeah, from the Daily Bugle. In case you didn't think it was shitty enough, there it cuts to the hospital where like Nighthawk is like in critical condition. Valkyrie and- reveals that she's not even a black belt. That yeah. she's going for her orange belt. She's like an orange belt, which I think Ryan said he's an orange belt. <laughs> yeah, I got up to blue, so I'm better at martial she arts. Said than she said she failed is. her blue belt three times. <laughs> and, like, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm good at it by any mm-hmm. stretch, so if I could do it, there's no excuse. Yeah. And then she asked for um, uh, Hank Pimp to dress up as Captain America and fuck her, and he does. <laughs> very, su- very subtly revealed by him giving a confession to somebody while in the background there's a Captain America costume spread out over his bed. Yeah. It's just, he just had the Mark Millar just has to go for it. Like the emotional cooking too. Yeah. And then it's just like, she's like, do you think you could dress up as Captain America for me? And then Hank's like, like I said, I think I'm pretty much at the lowest point I've ever been in my life. And he's back in his apartment talking to a miss, uh, mystery person that's the the mole on the team. <gasps> yeah. And they're like, have you seen the news? Like it's on every channel that, the ultimates crippled a nation this morning. It's them like flying a bunch of bombs a bunch of out missiles, of yeah. some city. Yes, yes. Mark Miller's actually getting better because this is actually worthy of a splash page and the yes. punchline. Yes, yeah. It's also this issue was just so bizarre because it was like Mark Millar like shitting on just like superheroes. But I was, it's like for what reason other than to be like, aren't superheroes like dumb? Like he needed to get out like one issue worth of. Just like bashing dumb costumed heroes. And why the defenders? Like, what? Do, how about the defenders are are loser here? Like, there are loser heroes in Marvel. You don't have these fucking defenders and make it a joke. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of just like the, his like his modus operandi is just like to be as edge lord as possible. And what's like, yes. I bet he argued with his editor. He really wanted to get away with one issue of just showing this team like this guy get lit on fire and beat up <laughs> yeah. by teenagers. He probably really hates Nighthawk. Like fucking banger off. <laughs> <laughs> <my> fucking dick. <laughs> So at this point, in at the halfway point of Ultimates Two, how did you guys feel about it compared to Ultimates One? Was it better? Better. 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 Oh my god, better. Yes, I agree. I think that 
this is a big step up from Ultimates One. So next, it's, episode. it's better, but the, always with like the exception, the asterisk to Mark Millar stuff is like you don't know whether or not he can pull it off in the yeah. end. Where it's like how Ultimates One, we're like, this is such a good critique on toxic masculinity. Don't you see that? Like they're painting them in a bad light, and then by the end, it's just like, oh, let's all like fight aliens and have a good time. Whereas like here. I brought up last time that it's always most interesting when the main enemy and antagonist in this is the Ultimates themselves, rather than just like, here's literal space Nazis for you to fight. Instead, it's like, should we be doing this as American, like as an American force? Should we be invading and doing preemptive strikes against other nations? And then you have them taking down Thor because that they think that he's too much of a threat to the team. It's also the most believable stuff, too, because I can't like I can't imagine like having super soldiers and not being like we can just go take all of north korea's nukes yeah like and and, and that's and that's also that's that's why i like the story overall because that plays into it the fact that they're so much above everyone else like they're their only threat to them they're only a threat to themselves like they're so much above every other uh person in the world right now that they are the world police they are in Duck yes. manhattan in a watchman at the point at this point yeah it's really interesting and it's one of those th- where i'm like especially now that they're really actually painting like this issue ends with like hey these the ultimates are kind of the villains it's like where does it go from here like what does he do with like eight more issues with this story how does he wrap it up do like do, do the ultimates disband or do they have to be taken down from the inside like are the insurgents the good guys so it was like with weary kasha i'm like this is better than ultimates one but i'm like it's Millar. Like, he can always screw it up. <laughs> well, like, I felt very good halfway through Ultimates 1, and I ate mm-hmm. those words. Yes. Uh-huh. So you'll have to tune in in two weeks when we yeah. wrap it up with Grand Theft America. <laughs> Ultimates 2 Part 2. Uh, would you guys read more? JK, we did. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we read it too late. <laughs> we um, have to. <laughs> no, no, no take backs. You can't wait for mine. Um, <laughs> so uh, one thing I would like to say is while you wait for us to finish Ultimates, you should – it's a new month, so you should head over to the Patreon. There's a whole bunch of new episodes, and they are – we actually don't have a new episode out like this week because we released our March episode a couple weeks early with the Heroes in Crisis stuff. But I would like to thank three new Patreon backers that we Whoa. have. Yes. Three. Three. The Warriors three. <laughs> yes. So in the role of Volstag the Voluminous. Just stop the I joke. know. I know. I know. So I would like to thank Will Laporte, which I was very surprised considering that Will's girlfriend, Elle, has a show on the network, but I'm glad that we got to do the shout out. So screw you, short colorful and loud. We win Will's heart forever. I mean, let's not have Will <laughs> rescind his payment. Uh, too he, bad. Is Volstag, he is Volstag the Voluminous because his love is so voluminous. <laughs> Then I also want to thank Megan for backing us. I know she had been saying she was going to for quite a while, and then she, I guess I'll finally get around to it, so thank you very much. (laughs) And then, Daryl, would you like to do the final thank you? Uh, Big thank you to my mom. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Mama Stefan. Yes. I think we mentioned on the last episode that she was a supporter. But but now it's official. Every week. Yeah, she's official supporter. I get to hear about our own show from her. And she yeah. really likes. She first really likes Sly, but then now she uh, hates me. She yeah, me. we on. had one one issue where my sister appeared and Sly made fun of her. So now she's gonna kill Sly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Like uh, nothing I said to you like affected our opinion before. Yeah, you'd think, right? So Daryl's obviously the 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 least favorite sibling. <laughs> she also appreciates how much that Phil sets Sly off. Like how um, how easy that is for Phil to do. I've been training for this my whole yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you learn pretty quickly when you, when you run. 
and uh, so uh, speaking of Patreon, real quick, we started a new a new initiative on Patreon. We're we're trying to do more viewer requests, uh, listener directly. requests. Damn it! God, I'll never get it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, canonically, they are our viewers. That's, that's true. What that's we decided. True. <laughs> All right, so uh, listener request or whatever requests from people who uh, support the show. Supporter requests. God damn it! Whatever. <laughs> Supporter requests. Uh, so we're going to uh, have eventually have we're t- going to take the top choices from our audience. Uh, email us what you want us to cover. We're going to take the top choices. And we're going to have polls on our Discord and our Facebook group, and we're going to tally up the, the votes. And we're going to do episodes based on what you guys want us to do. We already surveyed the Patreon supporters early, but now we're going to uh, get some input from the general audience. Email us at divisiveissues at gmail.com, One word. Let us know what you want us to cover. And then vote on either the Facebook group or the Discord, and we will hopefully do the comic wants to do sometime soon. So, uh, one thing I do want to just say that uh, we do have a Patreon request already from John Marie, and it's it's good. So we should, uh, you know, everyone else should get in on that. But he takes priority because he gave us money. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> That's what. You yeah, fuck capitalism. Give me money though. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> Fox is dead. Now we're capitalist uh, complex selling to the masses. We're Stanley now. My favorite is when, if you listen to our Patreon episodes, we're like, uh, we have your money now. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the one thing I want to point out in the email is he does talk about how on our Patreon, we talk a lot about Jimmy Olsen and Matt yes. Fraction, one of the like premier comic book writers right now, is relaunching a Jimmy Olsen book very soon. So he's very excited for us to eventually get to that. Hmm. So, yeah, check, go to flyingmachine.network, and you'll have links to the Patreon there with all the other shows. Like I mentioned, Store Color from Loud. And, uh, yeah, you should check out everything, especially them. They just did an episode on Balto that was very, very good. And uh, all their episodes are great. So you should listen to that and all the other shows at flyingmachine.network. Oh, I also, you know, I mention it like once a month. I did a two-part music column this month on Say Anything on comparing their albums is a real boy and all over appropriate and everyone should read those also at flyingmachine.network. So, yeah, do you guys have anything you want to mention? Oh, Sly, your YouTube series is done, right? Oh yeah, uh, if you go look up Device of Issues on YouTube, you'll find our history of Captain Marvel's. I I took all the research we did for the Captain Marvel's podcast episodes and I did a video series with Daryl and Ryan narrating on the history of each of the Captain Marvel's, not just the ones we covered, but also Shazam the random ones that happened between Shazam and the Marvel, Marvel Captain Marvels and all the ones the, Cap- the Marvel Captain Marvels we didn't cover and also the other stuff we covered already so yes. so check that out on YouTube and I will make sure to put links to that in the show notes as well cool so thank you guys for listening to Divisive Issues I've been shrinking down so I could fit into my tiny tiny undies I've been destroyed of a thought I can't remember what I was. <laughs> can't remember what I was. What am I? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> and I've been paying 10 people one penny each to beat the shit out of Phil. <laughs> Stay in continuity. I give you the incredible flying machine. <laughs>